Welcome to the Glasgow Baptist Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Erdie Carter. We want to help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. Well, I hope at some point you will say thank you to Brian and the praise team. Uh, I love it that when Greg is gone, he doesn't have to go find somebody. We have people here who can lead and... and uh, and Brian, I'm grateful you, there you go, I'm grateful for your heart. Let's pray together. Father, today, as we open your word, we have uh, reminded ourselves of, of your presence, of your holiness. Yes. We've reminded ourselves of how good of a God you are. Speak clearly now, Lord. May we listen. For it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want to ask you to take them to 2 Timothy. Uh, to 2 Timothy chapter 3. So if you turn it on, if you, you turn a page, whatever, if you go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, we're going to be in verses 14 through 17. We started a series last week called Tune Up. Every, everything in our lives needs tuned up, tuning up every now and then. Lawnmower every year needs to be tuned up. Uh, different things need to be tuned up. And when we don't tune them up, they don't function, they don't work the right way. And, in my experience, if you don't put the right products in, you find yourselves in trouble. Several years ago, well, 20 plus years ago, uh, when I was working uh, for a company, uh, we were one late night coming back from the other end of the state, and I had put some guys in a truck. They were temporary workers, and one of them worked for us a long time, and I put him in the truck, and I said, hey, go over and fill that, that truck up with fuel, and I'll be right behind you, or, or gas. He said, okay. So I, I was behind him. He filled up. I filled up. I paid. He took off and got from here to save a lot and the thing just smoking black smoke just sputting and just carrying on and he pulled over to the side of the road and I pulled up and said, well, what'd you do? He said, well, you told me to put diesel in it. It was a gas motor. Now, for those of you who don't understand what that means, it means you're only going to get from here to save a lot. And that's it. And there's no, it's just, this is dark middle of nowhere in a town that you know we didn't know anybody and and I said well we're not getting this thing fixed tonight so we we chugged it into a parking lot and I said just leave it get in the car and, and we come home now, what that reminds me of is sometimes when you're fueled by the wrong thing you realize you don't you don't function the right way and this morning as we look into our Message, I want to talk about the Bible. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's what? The book for me. You know, we, we used to sing those types of songs and, and, and even do the, the pledge to the Bible at Vacation Bible School. And sometimes, and, and before you go, come find me afterwards. Why don't we do it again? It, it's because we're more about trying to get it in your heart than you get it a saying. Okay, it's like the Ten Commandments. We want the Ten Commandments to be in your heart, not necessarily on a billboard or in a building. Get it in our hearts. And so, we're going to talk about the Bible. Because that should be our source, that should be our fuel, that should be the thing that guides us. But if we're looking someplace else, and we're wondering why we're not going, why it's not happening well, why we don't hear from God, the, the chances are you're being fueled by the wrong thing, and it's not the Word of God. In fact, 
2020 was a year we'll all forget. But in 2020, the YouVersion Bible app, many of you have it on your, on your phone. You use it for your quiet time. When, we, when we've read through the Bible, you, some of you tell me that's how you do it. In 2020, they saw an increase of, of 80% to that. Now, here's the kicker. What they found was through this, they saw that, that not only was there an increase, but there were verses like, like fear of the Lord that was highly looked upon in 2020. In fact, it was the number one, Isaiah was the number one, uh, uh, 40, uh, Isaiah chapter 41 was the number one chapter looked at in 2020. I'm talking about fearing the Lord. Isaiah 41 to 42. In fact, it was the highest verse in the United States, the Netherlands, India, and the Philippines. Ghana had the highest verse they were is in Philippians. Cast all your anxiety on the Lord. So what we learned through 2020, what the U version 2020 learned was, hey, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, people are still seeking the right answers, and they know where they go. But unfortunately, the numbers that increase still are far short from the numbers that need to be looking at the, the word. Not, not people who on a daily basis opened up a hard cover with pages that you turn. It was just an app. So this morning, I want to ask you, what fuels you? What does the Bible mean to you? How does it transform your life? Is it something that you read as a habit and you checkmark that box? Or have, are you reading it and digesting it and it's transforming the way you live your life? So this morning, if you have your Bibles, would you take and open them with me to... 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and following. Would you stand with me? Beginning in verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. You know those who taught you. And you know that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures which were able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You may be seated today. Here's a big idea I want you to catch this morning. It's a real simple idea. This is the only, if you're taking notes, you're looking, going, you didn't give us any blanks. They're all one word things today except the big idea. Big idea is God's word is critical to a believer in their journey to become Christ-like. God's word is critical. Catch that. Critical. Just like oxygen is for you to breathe, God's word is critical for you if you are going to be Christ-like in the way you live your life. Because if you don't know what God's word says, if you don't apply God's word, how will you ever be Christ-like? 
You won't. Because you won't know the difference. Just like that young man that night filled that truck up, never realizing there was a difference between diesel and gas. He just pulled up to the pump and stuck it in. He quickly learned there was a difference. You and I have to understand it's critical. So let me unpack this text. There's just four things I want you to see out of this text. As we talk about the Bible and we talk about the importance of it, the first thing I want you to see is it's essential. It's essential. God's word is essential for you and I. Look at it with me again in verse 14. It says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. It continue. It's essential. There's this thing about God's word. It's essential for your daily digestive system. Listen, you and I like to eat. Amen? Amen. Anybody here like to fast? Yeah, I didn't see any hands go up, okay? I mean, listen, I've done it. I, I, you've heard me tell my testimony of doing a fast for 40 days, not eating food or anything for 40 days. Listen, I only tell people do that only if God tells you. And then if he tells you, make sure he told you and it, not anything else for 40 days. Because we're people who like to eat. And we like to eat at all sorts of times. My wife's been gone, my son's been gone, and I can testify in front of you, I've not had any Cheetos since they've been gone. I do not know what's wrong with me. I'm going to the doctor. And you know me, those of your guests don't know, but Cheetos, I think, are essential to a person's life and livelihood. And so, um, we know what are essentials in our life that we have to have. God's Word is one of those things. Uh, it's one of those things that we have to do a couple things. Look with again at the verse. It says to continue. It's essential in that it's not a read it through one time. It's not once you've read that verse, you're done. It's a continual. It's one of those things that, that, that draws you in. In fact, we're in a few months, we're going we're gonna to launch through, read through the New Testament. Um, Pam and I have been using, uh, there's, a, there's a software called the Bible app. It's great. We've been reading through the Bible together, and it's, and it's wonderful. Because as we walk through it together, we begin to talk about different aspects of it. I hadn't thought about this. I encourage one another. It's a, it's a thing that you do. It's a continual thing. It's a, it's a thing that we find confidence in. Look with me again at the text. You continue in what you have learned. Firmly believe. Listen, do you have confidence in God's Word? That's your part. Do you have confidence in God's word? Amen. If, if it's that confidence in, in God's word, then the question is, how much are you reading? How much are you absorbing? How much are you applying? Because if it's essential, those things take place. When the doctor says, it's essential for you to take this, message, the, this uh, medicine, do you stop and go, no, I don't want to take it? No. What do you do? You do exactly what the doctor tells you. God's word tells us this is essential. It is powerful. And, and look at verse 15. It tells us, and you have known from infancy. You have heard, known the sacred scripture, which was able to give you wisdom for salvation. So what happens is the, the word of God not only is essential for your daily diet, but it's also what helped you in salvation. Listen. Nobody saved you but God alone. God speaks through his word. God's word tells us truth. 
It's essential. It has that power to transform lives. We've heard of missionaries all around the world who tell stories of not being able to communicate to somebody in, in their language. In fact, there's a couple that, a student of mine, a former student of mine, she and her husband are about to leave and go to a country to, to translate scripture into a language for people so they can hear the Bible for the first time. And we hear stories about how people read the word of God and it changes their life. They come to know Christ. It has that power. So God's word is essential. The second word I want you to catch is it's perfect. It's perfect. Uh, Look at verse 16. All scripture is inspired by who? God. It's inspired by God. It's perfect. It's perfect. Anything God does, he makes right. He makes holy. Anything God has his hand on. God's word is perfect. It speaks to our lives. But the thing, the third thing we catch the word is profitable. Not only is it essential, perfect, but it's profitable. Look with me at 16 again. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So let's look at those four, those four words. Because it's profitable. First, it's, God's word is good for teaching. You ever read through the Proverbs? In fact, let me say this. If you don't have a daily quiet time at the moment, let me, let me give you a simple one. that gets you going. And I hope it will get you moving to others. But you take the Proverbs and you read one proverb a day. So on day one, you read Proverbs 1. You get it? So on the 15th of the month, what what proverb are you going to read? 15. See, you all got it. You're smart. I knew that about you. But so, so you read it that way. And as you read Proverbs, what you're going to find is it is wisdom on how to live a godly life in a fallen world. Scripture teaches us. It challenges us. Which leads us to the second thing that we find there. It's good for rebuking. Rebuking. Anybody here like to be rebuked? Yeah, I didn't think so. It's It's not one of those favorite things to do. It's not one of those... It's not one of those times when, when uh, you, you want to be told you're wrong. But here's what scripture teaches. As we're learning and we're, we're growing, it helps us to form the right heart, the right attitude. So if we're out of sync, it helps us understand what's truth. Mike Thompson, you've never pastored a church, I hope, like this. And I certainly haven't, for sure. But there's a church uh, in early American days that was founded on the river and they had a sawmill and they was doing logging and they wanted a little church and so they took the lumber of the sawmill they went over here and built them a little church and said now we got to find a preacher somebody's got to come preach preacher came loved the little town all the people were nice they invited him over for dinner and they just loved this little preacher he was a great man of God preacher's walking through town one day and he looks up and they're pulling the logs out of the river that have somebody else's name on and they're cutting the end of it off and get rid of that name then they're putting it in their in their Sawmill. Well, the preacher was just like, well, daggone, that's stealing. Goes home and prays about it. 
goes to the Ten Commandments and preaches on thou shalt not steal. Gets done. And on Sunday morning, you know, I, everybody does. They got to walk by and tell the preacher how good it was. Great sermons, pastor. Great sermon. Good how it was. You just spoke the word of God today. And he's like, did you not hear what I said? Went home, prayed over it again. Next week, he preached the same text. Thou shalt not steal. This time he added it. Thou shalt not steal and take your neighbor's log and cut the end off. <laughs> he went to the back door to greet everybody. They ran him out of town. So don't mess with our livelihood. Listen, when we read the Bible, it should challenge us to live the right way. It should challenge us to, to live a holy life. We shouldn't read the Bible and go, well, that was just for them. That's not for me. Because God's word is powerful. It's true. It's for you and for me. One of the things I'll confess, I know this is hard for most of you to believe, but I wasn't the perfect child growing up. I know, that shocked some of you. There was a period in my life, my father just threw his hands up. And I can, I'll still remember this day. And I won't tell you the outcome. Don't, won't tell you what happened, won't tell you the outcome afterwards. Because, anyways, you just, you know, don't need to know. I was having a little problem at school. Just like you know, I, I don't sit still very long, and sometimes I have a tendency to talk, and that was becoming a problem. I got in trouble. The principal went down to the principal's office. He just wore me out over something. My dad just about had it. He, he's tried everything he knew to do, and he sat me down at the table one night after dinner, opened the Bible to Proverbs, and said, start reading. Well, where do I stop until I tell you to stop? You just keep going. And it was that moment that I began to realize that, you know, I wish I could say, oh, that just was it. But the truth of the matter is, sitting there as a sixth grader, uh, I started young, by the way. Uh, as a sixth grader, I began to realize there's truth in the scripture. And how to live a wise life. Now, there's still a piece of the puzzle for me to have to accept that rebuke. But that's what the scripture's for. It's for rebuking. It's... It's for doing that. It's correcting. We see that word there. And it's for training. You want to, man, you want to know how to love your wife? Read the Bible. And see what Jesus did. See how Christ loved people. So when it comes to that text where it says, love your wife as Christ loved the church, it's real simple. Christ died for the church. That's how much he loved if we want to know how to love one another, we, we look at the scripture and we see different moments. Remember a couple weeks ago, we looked at the Corinthian church and how, how I gave that introduction to that church and how, how messed up it was, how much of a goat rodeo it was and how they, they treated Paul badly, but yet he came back and loved them. Loved them enough even though they had despised him. That's what scripture does. That's why it's profitable. That's why it's essential for our life. That's, it's perfect because it's God's word. And the fourth thing, it's empowering. It's empowering. Look with me at verse 17. It's empowering. It says, so that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Empowering. We, we get this picture here. 
this idea that there's this moment of God working in us, training us, and preparing us for ministry. It's this idea that, that we're growing and learning, and as we're doing, God's prepping us for an opportunity of ministry. For an opportunity for that day when, when somebody at work says, I just don't know what to do. And you go, you know, I struggled with that. And here's what God did. This is, what, this is why I go, this is why I think this. Because scripture says this. This is how God is working and, and doing that. And what happens is as we're reading God's word, it's empowering us to go and proclaim. To go and tell. To go be the people God's called us to be. God's word is an essential part of our diet. And on a day in our life when we know that there are certain things we have to do, we have to take our medicine, we have to eat, we have to do these things in order to survive. The question is, are we understanding we, we need to do that as well spiritually in order to be, be Christ-like, to grow in our, our witness, to grow in our faith, to grow. So what's our takeaways this morning? When we look at these, when we look at this, there's, there's two takeaways I want you to catch. And, and both of these takeaways are going to be questions today. They're more reflective. They're not a, they're not a piece for you to, 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 not a step one or step two. It's just a reflective question. First one is, what does God's word mean to you? Now be careful with that. Because that's a loaded question. It shouldn't be a loaded question, but it's a loaded question. Because here's the thing. If you go, God's word means the, the world to me. Then I'm going to ask you, what does that look like? I have a, I have a former deacon Sunday school teacher that I love to death. I used to give him a hard time. Because every... Everywhere he went, Mike Thomason's going like, who do you not give a hard time to? That's true. But I give him, I give him a hard time all the time because his Bible was always in the back seat of his car. And I'd go, Kenneth, you ever think about taking that thing in? Why? To be there Sunday. Kenneth, it doesn't do you any good if you don't read it between Sunday to Sunday. Yeah, but I'll leave it at the house if I take it in. Now, here's the thing. I know Kenneth well enough to know he had another Bible in the house. I just like to give him a hard time. For some people, the truth of the matter is they leave it in the car and they don't have another one that they're opening. And if you were to tell me today that the Bible means the, the world to me, and that's how you, you, tur you, you look at your Bible as it's in the car so it's there for Sunday, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to question that statement. Because the thing about it is, we know the things that we love, we make time for, right? Right? We've got, some, we've got some grandchildren here today that don't live in this community. That grandparents love so much, they went and got them. 
They've spent a week with them, traveling. And they're with them again for another week. Why did they do that? Because it was a checkbox? No, because they loved them. They loved them so much that they want to spend that time with them. The things that you love, you do, you make time for. So what does the word of God mean to you? That's only a question you and God can answer. Because here's the thing. God knows, right? He, he knows, so it's, he's just waiting for us to be, to tell the truth. So what does it mean? Second thing is, the second question I want to ask you today is this. How well do you know God's word? How well do you know God's word? Some of us have been sitting at the table a long time with God's word. You grew up in the Baptist church or a church. doesn't have to be Baptist. You've grown up in the church. You've been to vacation Bible school. You've been to church camps. You've been to all-night revival meetings. You've been to all-day revival meetings. You've been to dinner on the ground where they preach. You've, been, you've, you've seen it all. How, but how well do you know your Bible? Because just being around it, just being near it, doesn't mean you absorb it. Just because you go to those places doesn't mean you know your Bible. Just like just because you sit in your garage and look at your car doesn't mean you know anything about your car. You see it, you understand that it gets you from point A to point B, but how it works, how it functions, how it, what, what this piece does, what that piece does, that's foreign to you. Is that the way you know your Bible? Or do you know your Bible well enough that it's changing your life? That... You may not be able to quote exactly scripture and verse, but you're, you're, you're pretty good. You're growing. You recognize that you've read the, this text a number of times, but yet for whatever reason today, God, God shined a light to reveal something new to you in the, in the scripture today. Because I don't know about you, but there's a, there's a habit that I, I can fall into when I'm in a hurry. If I get up and do my quiet time and, and, and begin my day by thinking about everything I've got in the day, my quiet time goes fast. And it's no good. I, I'll be, just be honest, because I can read the words on the page and get up and go, I really don't know what I just read. And there are moments when I'm in that kind of mode that I have, I have stopped myself and said, God, I need to stop and start again. Forgive me for coming to your table and not being ready to have a conversation with you. But in those moments when I'm in a hurry, I'll sit down and I'll open God's word and I'll look at the text and go, yeah, I know this passage. I, 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 shoot. I preach that text and, I, and boom, boom, boom. There's three points right out of the text. Right, let's just skip on. And no, don't because God's got something else to show you. So how well do you know your Bible?
In the book Amazing Grace, Kathleen Norris tells a sad story. She tells a story about her and her husband going to visit a, a man in the hospital. Uh, he had terminal cancer. Ario was his name. He's Hispanic by nature. And so they come to the, they knew him, the neighbor, that kind of thing. They were making a family visit. And talking about the Bible, talking about, talking about God's love. He begins to tell the story of when he and his wife got married, his granddad gave him a Bible. Arlo said, my grandfather bought me this beautiful leather-bound Bible, had our name in it in gold leaf right there at the bottom. It was beautiful, in a box. I was so happy. We received that Bible, we left it in the box. I put it on the shelf. My granddad, he said, continued to ask me from time to time, hey, how do you like that gift I gave you for for your wedding. Fine. It was nice. He thought, what? why does he keep coming back to this Bible? We sent him a nice note. My wife wrote this beautiful note saying, thank you. Why does he keep asking about this? And this went on multiple times over a long period of time. And finally, Arlo decides to go get that Bible. He opens that Bible up. And as he does, he comes to the book of Genesis. As he looks at the book of Genesis, there at the beginning, there is a $20 bill. He thumbs the Bible and he goes to Exodus. Beginning of Exodus, there's a $20 bill. Every book in the Bible, at the beginning of that book, was a $20 bill. You do the math. He said, at that moment, I knew my grandfather knew I was never looking at that Bible. I hadn't cracked the pages of that Bible to read it. Because if I had, I'd have known the gift. Here's the thing about that story. I think about it. And I, I promise you, go buy a Bible today and it comes in a box. I'm, you're not going to find $20 bills at, at every book of the Bible. You'll find something greater. You'll find the Word of God. Greater than any money you can receive. Greater than anything you can, can have. On this side of eternity is God's Word. The question is, is it a value to you that you're reading it to the point that it's changing your life? Or is it time for your life to be, have a little tune-up? And to realize that the reason you're off course is because you're being driven by something else, influenced by something else. You filled your life with something other than God's Word. Would you stand with me this morning? Here's the thing this morning. If you don't know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then reading God's Word can change your life. But you got to read it. And oftentimes people who don't know Christ don't come to a place where they just want to know Christ. If you're here this morning and you want a new life, 
a life that, that is lived in front of God, for God, and on God's plan and purpose. Would you come to know Christ? Would you admit today that you're a sinner, believe in your heart that Christ loved you so much that he went to the cross for you? Would you choose to live for him by committing your life to him? Maybe there's another decision on your heart. Maybe it's to join our church. Maybe it's, maybe it's you just want prayer today. Just a moment as we sing our hymn of invitation, Living for Jesus, we are going to, uh, we're going to invite you. You can go on out to the doors there. Mike Thomason will be there. I'll be here in the front if you want to stop. I'll pray with you, talk with you. Whatever the case may be, would you just respond to a God who loves you, loves you unconditionally, loves you so much. He not only gave you his son, but he gave us his word to live by. Father, in this